Howdy dream, cowboys. Welcome back to the Fan Driven Westworld Podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking about the new revelations from Comic-Con, the Emmys, and the brand new trailer. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. So a ton of Westworld Season 2 news. It's, it's, it's almost like uh, they're trying to build hype or something. Yeah. HBO sees the end of the tunnel, and that end of the tunnel doesn't have Game of Thrones. And they're like, what are we even going to do with our lives? And their answer apparently is Westworld. The A part of that like ton of news, I think the most important one out of all of them is... Because we were all assuming that Westworld was going to be back late 2018. Turns out it's going to be here early 2018. I don't know if it was moved up or if it was always supposed to be there. But obviously HBO is very excited to get Westworld back. And hopefully they're expediting that process. So we're going to get it sooner than we thought we were going to. Yeah, and unrelated from Westworld, but in, in the HBO vein... People are talking about if maybe the last season of Game of Thrones isn't happening next year, which would be crazy. Right. I mean, as a quick aside in our Westworld podcast that we talk about Game of Thrones half the time, I uh, I mean, this season is really like a seven hour long movie and next year's going to be like a six hour long movie and assumably uh have a battle scene with dragons and ice kings so it you know it might actually take uh, a longer time which would be interesting for westworld to run from spring to summer of 2018 have there actually be nothing and then we'll have to see what the 2019 schedule is like but in any case we're getting Westworld back early next year. There have been a bunch of the actors who have confirmed that they're back. Some of them uh, pretty straightforward and some of them pretty surprising. We'll get to it later. Yeah, the first thing that happened was the Emmys and Westworld picked up a ton of awards. Westworld is tied for the most Emmy nominations this year with 22 and... They're tied with Saturday Night Live, which is an odd pairing. But yeah, it's it's twenty two. We can we can go over all these. The first one is sound mixing for a comedy or drama series. We're a lock, James. Wait, so you said twenty two for Westworld, and that's the the tide for this year, right? Yeah, that's correct. Not to to take us back to where we just were, but do you know who's got the highest amount of Emmys of all time? Is it? Is it Game of Thrones? It's Game of Thrones with thirty-five. HBO's batting a million. They are. Although I guess as a Westworld fan, are you are you offended in this moment that Game of Thrones is like the more loved child? No, not at all. Because Game of Thrones has had seven seasons to collect thirty-five, and Westworld had one season to get nearly that. So, assumably, they'll have at least one more season. Probably a lot more. They'll, I think they're probably going to lap Game of Thrones. I I really do hope so. Although it, it does, it's a lot, 
right? When I heard 22 and I heard Tied with Saturday Night Live, I was like, well, a few things. Number one, Saturday Night Live was just a, just Trump hate central. So, like, I guess the Emmys were like, Trump hate central. You get, we, you, we thought you did a good job. You, we thought you did the best job hating him. So, here's a bunch. And also, uh, HBO's new flagship show gets 22 on top of a of Game of Thrones season that was pretty good. It, so I think I want to go over a few of these because, like I said, sound sound mixing for comedy. Actually, the more or, or drama series. Let's get that correct. Yeah, and I should I should qualify what I just said. The most Emmys for a drama series. Actually, SNL's got the most in total, but they're kind of different wheelhouses. Yeah, they're on every year and they're on constantly. The the sound mixing show or episode that got nominated is the bicameral mind, which was the season finale. So basically they were like the sound in the season finale was stellar. Yeah. Pretty good sound. You know, I didn't think about it at the time. I was pretty wrapped up in the story, but yeah, I was uh, being wrapped up in a performance by Sir Anthony Hopkins but there are some people who were left out. Well, you know what? I think we perhaps should say the people who got <laughs> nominated before we were just like, and anger. Right. Well, it's, you know, it's an honor just to be nominated, as they say. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Okay. So, <laughs> Tandy Newton got nominated uh, for playing the robot named Maeve. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think she definitely deserved it. She was definitely the main actress of the first season, even if she wasn't the main character. I think she was definitely the breakout star. Yeah, I... I, The thing about her, and the thing that makes it is this tough for me, is because you always have to remember, if you're me, that my her character from episode, like, three to episode eight was part of what I considered the most annoying storyline. But then as you rewatch the series as we're as we're started to do now, we watched episodes 1 and 2 and uh next podcast we'll be watching episode 3. You start to understand that she actually is amazing and then the middle gets wishy-washy just because like she's trying to do a really quick transformation to a superhero and it's a, a tough little battle, and they have to talk about other things first. But, I mean, I think she pulls it out at the end. With that moment where I didn't know that she was sentient, but then Jonah and Lisa were just like, yeah, no, 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 she, she was sentient. And I was like, oh. Okay. So, on top of that one, we also got... I say we. I say we like like I'm part of Westworld, James. We did it! Yep. This was all us. We put in a lot of work, a lot of effort, and we're finally here. The next one is, oh, yeah, okay, original main title theme music, Raman Jawadi got nominated for Westworld, which, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. What else was even in competition? So, he's going up against Michael Stein and Kyle Dixon for the Stranger Things opening, which is pretty solid. Ooh, that's steep. Yeah, never mind. To take back what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The other ones I see are uh, Masterpiece, Genius, The Good Fight, and Feud, Bet and Joan. So, I've only seen Stranger Things and Westworld, but those are two, like, kind of newly iconic 
opening main title themes. <sighs> Stranger Things is quite a short intro, though. Yeah, but you you really remember it. I mean, I, I'm not saying that Stranger Things is a is a better show for me than Westworld. I don't think it is. I think it's a good show. I mean, I think Westworld, whatever show that uh, HBO is going to choose as its flagship operation, with just the amount of money it's going to get, I think has the ability to be a better show. The best part about that category is like doesn't matter what show it is. Is that a better song? They got uh, prosthetic makeup for a series as well for the original. That's a, that's a hotly contested award. Everybody's shooting for that one this year. Yeah, I mean, what do they got? They're up against The Walking Dead, Saturday Night Live for Alec Baldwin's, I, I guess, his nose as Donald Trump, <laughs> uh, Penny Dreadful, and American Horror Story Roanoke. So you know that one's up in the air. I'm not. I'm not sure. On, I'm not sure on that one. You know, I I have a little faith in these makeup awards, seeing as how, and this is a different award ceremony. But Suicide Squad is an Oscar-winning movie because of makeup, apparently. We're some kind of Suicide Squad. I love movies where they say the name of the movie in the movie, James. I just feel like makeup is one of those awards where it's like. Ugh. Which producer took the judges out for the most dinners gets that award. Right. Which is uh which is hopefully Westworld because we also got makeup for a single camera city uh or makeup for a single camera series non prosthetic. We already we also got that one for the original. We also got main title design and we're going up against again Stranger Things but also American Gods, which is an interesting one. The Crown, which is an interesting one. Uh even like the main title theme, not just the show, and feud Betty and Joan. What's actually interesting here is that you can tell that there are companies that do main title themes because the same company that did American Gods also did The Crown. It's got to be a fun job just making the intros for different TV shows. Right. I want to actually see how many jobs the people who made the Game of Thrones intro have gained since then because. For me, it's the most iconic introduction of all time, although it's my favorite show, so I'm super biased. You know, minus Westworld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, for 22 of these nominations, there are a lot of them they don't have. Anarchy. Okay. Uh, creative achievement in interactive media with a scripted program. We got that. Oh, we're going to win that for sure. We have uh, that whole website. It's just constantly a, a person who wants to talk to you. Oh, except for Stranger Things had a VR experience. Did you know that? <laughs> no, but I, now I, I want to. I want to go do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This is this is getting tougher over time. I keep reading things like, "No, we got it." Ah, Stranger Things is there. Tough, 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 tough times. Yeah, Stranger Things came out like so early in the year. I almost I didn't even consider that it would go up against Westworld, but now I'm kind of biting my nails about it. Yeah, exactly. We have hairstyling for a single camera series. We got that one. They don't spe- they don't specify a specific uh, episode for that one. They just say you know the hair overall is wonderful, which I would agree with. Uh, uh, Evan Rachel Wood's hair of like the flowing locks while on a while on a horse, especially in that trailer. Did you see her on the trailer with that sh- with the shotgun? Yeah, fantastic hair. Certainly get that nomination next year. Sure, best hair, Evan Rachel Wood with a shotgun. 
You know, Jeffrey Wright doesn't have a lot of hair left, but uh, they made it look nice. Yeah, they really did. In the dune buggy. Why was he in a <laughs> dune buggy, James? I, I, <laughs> Emmy's first. Okay, sorry. Single camera picture editing for a drama series. We got that one for... So, okay, editing. That's pretty solid. Uh, the editors are always the unsung heroes of the group. We also got period slash fantasy costumes for a series, which is good. I mean, I mean, obviously, they're the costumes. If they didn't get costumes, I think they would have just tried to uh, burn down the theater the Emmys were in. And I'm sure they're going against Game of Thrones for that. Uh, they're going against... You know what? Game of Thrones is either out of this cycle or just really, really poorly treated. Uh, they have to be out of this cycle because they're not. It's Westworld's The Handmaid's Tale, Genius, Feud, Betty and Joan, and The Crown. For which The Crown had amazing uh, amazing costumes, but I, I still think Westworld should, should probably bring that home. The next one up is we got cinematography for single camera series. Uh, the DP, uh, director of photography, should be psyched about that one. Uh, we got casting. <laughs> we got. I'm not. I'm not going to keep reading people's. We got <laughs> cast. Um, also, I should have made a, a list prior to this. I was like, I can scroll. We got a productive production design for a narrative contemporary or fantasy program. That doesn't even sound like a real. Doesn't even sound like a real category. One hour or more. Two episodes, though, for that category. That's true, actually. And or two. Yeah, it is two episodes. They don't even specify. The, do they specify the episodes for you? It just looks like there are groups of producers. The first episode and the last episode. Oh, okay. Book ending. Right on. And then we're getting up to the big time stuff now. Well, Jonathan Nolan sharing, he's got two. One alone for directing the last episode. And then him and his wife, Dream Team, for writing the last episode. Last episode, everybody loved it. Yeah, absolutely. And But they're up for pretty stiff competition for writing. They're up against the Americans, Better Call Saul, The Crown, The Handmaiden's Tale, and the Duffer Brothers for Stranger Things. So I think this this one specifically, and the directing uh, award for for Nolan, will be pretty straightforward as to, are they going to get best show? Like, this is going to come beforehand, and usually writing and directing goes pretty much along with, like, if you're going to get the best drama series, and if you're going to win over Stranger Things or The Crown... Uh, this is where you need to get down in the trenches and actually get that victory. So, you had already mentioned uh, supporting actress Tandy Newton deserves that. Mm-hmm. Although, like we were saying, you could make the argument, it's like, for, the, for a couple episodes, it's like Evan Rachel Wood was supporting Tandy Newton, and Tandy Newton was the lead, but whatever. We're not on the panel. We don't decide. Uh, that's true, although I... I give it to Evan Rachel Wood for the season. Uh, thankfully, I think they're not in the same category, right? They're no. supporting and lead. Yeah, right. And they gave to your point. Evan Rachel Wood is uh, doesn't have like that much more screen time than Tandy Newton does. Tandy Newton's running through the catacombs like most of the middle of the season. But I think the uh, while Evan Rachel Wood is still the one, you know, she's still Neo. And then the two actors we've got, Jeffrey Wright as supporting actor, Anthony Hopkins as lead actor. And again, it's like, I'm pretty sure Bernard has way more screen time than Dr. Robert Ford, but I mean, whatever. An immense amount 
of immense amount of more screen time. Jeffrey Wright is is in a tough category. He's going up against John Lithgow's Winston Churchill from The Crown. Oof. Yeah, he's going to get enough, uh, Jonathan Banks, the guy with the big ears from Better Call Saul, who's awesome. Uh, Michael Kelly. David Harbour. He's going against the sheriff from Stranger Things. So that will be a tough one, although I think Jeffrey's soft, gravelly man voice will will bring him to that win. Yeah, he does have a beautiful voice. My God. He does. Sometimes you don't know if it's him or when there's a voiceover, you just can't tell who it is. And then you listen a second time and you're like, oh, yeah. That's Jeffrey Wright. Oh, that is a human. I thought it was just the essence of all beautiful voice acting. (laughs) And then, yeah, we get drama actor Anthony Hopkins for Westworld. So he has not announced that he would be back for season two. It would be a little weird if he was. They would have to explain it, you know, because of how he got shot at the end of season one. Spoiler alert. But. He's going up against Lev Schreiber for Ray Donovan, Kevin Spacey for House of Cards. He's going against, oh, Matthew Reese, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, and Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, which is like an Emmy darling because it's the show that makes you cry. But Anthony Hopkins, if he's only going to be in one season of Westworld and for the job that he did, I'm just remembering the moment with the wine spilling out over and Anthony Hopkins looking deep into Teresa's eyes prior to him murdering her and being like, I think he should win an Emmy. Yeah, you know, I feel a little conflicted about this, because for one thing, maybe it's splitting hairs here, I don't think he was a lead actor, actually. I think he was a supporting actor, and a great one. A supporting actor, but a main character. Yes, and he's already won two Emmys in the 80s. But not as Dr. Robert Ford, man. The gravitas he had in this role. He's literally like the end of an era within civilization. If what we believe is going to happen is true, he he pulled off like the beginning of a genocide really, really well. Yeah, I mean, I'd be psyched if he wins it. It's pretty rough that he's going up against Kevin Spacey and Saul. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk. But it'll be interesting to watch. Like I said, you know, it's good to be nominated anyway. Another nomination under the belt. He's already he's won twice. He's been nominated five times. So for him, it's just a drop in the bucket. Totally. I totally understand. But also, like, if he doesn't win, I'll be the scourge of the earth. <laughs> Drama actress Evan Rachel Wood is obviously up there. Uh, although, to your point, probably, again, less screen time than Tandy Newton. She's going against some powerhouses, though. Going against Robin Wright from House of Cards, Kerry Russell from The Americans, Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaiden's Tale, Claire Foy, who played the Queen and the Crown, and Viola Davis with and How to Get Away with Murder, which I have not seen. Yeah, that's going to be a tough category. I, uh, Evan Rachel Wood was great. She was great in this role. I don't know if she was the the greatest though. Oh wow! Are you so? Yeah. Are you the na- are you the naysayer <laughs> now, dude? You're the naysayer now, and I'm and I'm the guy who's like, no, everyone should be happy and win. No, well, I think I think Dandy Newton will win for sure. Uh huh. Sorry, I, I just think Evan Rachel Wood. I mean, was she, was she better than Robin Wright? Uh, that's hard to say. This I is an interesting take from you because. Uh, and actually it shows, and I, I remember coming up to this point and going over through season one, I got these little hints that you weren't a huge Evan Rachel Wood fan. <laughs> and now it's all coming to fruition, James. 
No, I like her a lot. She's great. I never saw her in anything other than Westworld. She was awesome in True Blood, but like, whatever. Who is she in True Blood? She's the vampire queen, dude. Oh, right. That's a small role. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Anywho, it leads basically to this question, which is best drama series. And I'll read them all to you. It's Better Call Saul, The Crown, The Handmaiden's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale. Let me get that right. Maybe once. House of Cards, Stranger Things, This Is Us, and Westworld. You know what that list makes me think of? What? That network TV is dead. Yeah, actually, that's true. AMC, Netflix, Hulu, Netflix, Netflix, NBC, Westworld. So, two of them. This Is Us and Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul, a spinoff of another AMC show, and This Is Us, the local cryathon on NBC. Yeah, and, and you can still get HBO on your TV, but they've also become, like, a Netflix, Hulu type deal. I mean, I play the Westworld off of HBO Go. I don't know about you. Yeah, they don't even, like, they're, they've they seen the future, and they're like, okay, we're going to jump this ship <laughs> and, and do what Netflix does. So, here's the question. Do you think Westworld wins for their first season as best drama? I think the real competition here is going to be between The Crown, Stranger Things, and Westworld. To be fair, I don't know anything about This Is Us. Yeah. Except that it's on NBC, which, you know, puts a little doubt in my mind already. <laughs> it's very sad. It's just, I haven't I haven't seen it, I'll be honest with you. But the general consensus on This Is Us is, that's that sad show. But I mean, I think we have a we have a pretty good leg up in that there are three Netflix shows here: The Crown, House of Cards, and Stranger Things. And the Netflix uh, management staff has to pick one, right? They have to pick one that they're lobbying for. They can't. Uh, they have to put you know all their eggs into one basket. They can't just be spreading out. And be like, maybe pick one of the three. They they have too good a competition there. So out of The Crown, House of Cards, and Stranger Things. I'm going to guess they put their weight behind Stranger Things because it's new and it's because it's coming out the second season. So, you know, between Cryathon NBC, uh, Better Call Saul, which gets better every season, The Handmaid's Tale, which I'll be honest, I, I kind of never heard of, although in this moment I'm remembering it as the Elizabeth Moss vehicle where she wears that cool, that huge hat that looks like a, a big wave. Yeah, I, I plan to watch The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, I'm not sure if it's completed its first season or not, but I know many people who love it, and it's got excellent reviews. It's uh, kind of a uh, dystopian future type movie. Movie show? It's not a movie, it's a show. But is it worth pointing out, or is this just me being conspiratorial, that the old guard of TV people who will be judging and deciding this they don't care much for Netflix and Hulu, and will that hurt their chances and help AMC, NBC, and HBO? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question, and it's a tough one to answer, because what you're really asking in that moment is, like, when it comes to new versus old, technology, when it comes to uh, thought, when it comes just the zeitgeist, will the older generation look down upon Netflix and Hulu as not real. And I just, I I don't know if we're too late in the game now. It feels like that could have been something you did three or four years ago. 
but holy crap, like, if you've seen Westworld, if you've seen Game of Thrones, if you've seen The Crown, if you've seen these huge, huge shows that would have never gotten the light of day on network television, and you're like, these need a place somewhere, they're basically movies turned into television shows, if, if you like TV at all, which it's my favorite medium, if you like TV at all, then it's obviously a good thing. And if you don't think it's a good thing, then you just secretly don't like television and get over yourself, I guess. So we're definitely going to be keeping up with the Emmys and we're definitely going to be commenting on this when all this goes down. And 22 nominations. Again, we said it's a record setter. But let's see how many wins we get. Yeah, a lot of the time shows that get huge nominations don't win anything because they were like, yeah, no, the the amount of nominations was was just good enough. And then, you know, Stranger Things walks out of there with with most of the wins. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. The Emmys are on a date that I don't know. September 9th. September 9th. So, everybody, are you sure because this says September 17th. <laughs> oh, okay. They're going to be held on September 9th and those broadcast. Those are the primetime Emmys. Oh. Wait, aren't those just the Emmys? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I forgot. I want. I said primetime, but was thinking daytime. Yeah, we're definitely going to have a post-Emmy show when we'll rant about how much Emmys This Is Us got. And it, be really yeah, angry. and how much we got screwed for sure. But yeah. 22, just to get nominated by 22 is amazing. Game of Thrones is 35, and it's been running forever, so really impressive. It really is wonderful. And to follow that up, there have been a good amount of of cast members saying they were coming back. Lately, you can kind of feel a surge in the Westworld, uh, the vibe that they're giving out, because they moved it up to the spring. They were just at Comic-Con. They just released the Comic-Con trailer, which had a lot of good stuff in it. Enough good stuff where you're like, they are a good amount through shooting this season, because they had a lot to show in that trailer. And on top of that, we got a, a few human beings who say that they are definitely coming back. The first one to say he, they were coming back, I believe, was Tandy Newton. Well, other than Ed Harris. Right. We, we. I mean, is obvious, but we did call that when we were saying who's coming back, who's not coming back. We're like, obviously, it's not confirmed, but she's coming back. There's no need to confirm it. You know, there was a, there was a point in time when Evan Rachel Wood wasn't confirmed. Right, exactly. Uh, and speaking of which, she just she just tweeted something nine hours ago. I can't remember the last time I had an ex- had to excuse myself from the set because I got so emotional during a scene. So worth it. Hashtag Westworld. Hashtag season two. Uh, so she was going through some stuff. She got emotional on set. It's 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 a heavy heavy season two apparently. One actor who I don't I forget what the consensus was but i definitely said yeah 100 percent. he's not coming back for sure we can just count that i don't know what you're about to say but i believe i also said that jimmy simpson is coming back what yeah what which means uh which means ben barnes is almost definitely going to come back too right logan yeah god i hope so at least we can find out where he went on that horse i want exactly did he just get to the end and the horse was like well i guess we'll turn around (laughs) go right back Oh, oh, hey, Billy. Aw, Bill. Bill, you screwed me, Bill. 
who else? No confirmation yet on Anthony Hopkins. No, and and I think if he does come back, he might just be like, he might be flashbacks, which, you know, he still has to be on set to shoot, right? But uh, there's no, uh, no one knows yet. And they've been shooting a long time. And so if there had been a leak on the set of like, is he there or is he not? It has not gotten out as of yet. Few people have been added to the cast since then. Jonathan Tucker and Neil Jackson are two new additions to the cast. Jonathan Tucker, who is uh, from the TV series Kingdom, which is pretty popular, I think. Never seen <laughs> it. But I've heard about it. Uh, best known for Bruce Willis the movie hostage never seen that i mean they both just look like they're gonna be baddies right yeah they're just they i think the their cast is military in this one so apparently there's gonna be some kind of military invasion of the park do you think that he'll they'll be working for ashley stubbs or do you think there will be a separate military organization post uh, you know a large murder yeah well i have some theories on that but maybe we should save it for the trailer Sure. Before we get there, also Katja Herbers. Oh my gosh, I can't. I already have her name wrong. (laughs) Anyway, she was on The Leftovers. She's also been cast in season two. And, oh, you know, actually, uh, another one. Tallulah Riley, like we said, has been bumped to a series regular. Louis Hertham, Peter Abernathy number one, has been bumped to a series regular. And are you a little vexed that Louis Hertham didn't get, like, a guest or a supporting... nomination well apparently you need that screen time like tandy newton didn't have enough screen time to get nominated for lead actress and she was all over the show and louis hertham was only in two episodes and only for a second in the last episode so i might i know it it might be like it it might not make any sense that and because louis hertham was on the screen for maybe 15 minutes total but i don't care i want it he was great. Also, he tweeted us. And then, I mean, just the big news is that we've got a general release date. We thought it was the fall, like you said, now it's the spring. I wonder what spring means. A lot of times when they're like, oh, it's the spring, it means like the last day of May or something. Well, they they released the trailer at Comic-Con, uh, you know, while saying that it is actually going to be in the spring, letting us know that a lot of it is already shot. Uh... And by the way, before we get into the trailer and before we get anything else there, um, they just re- they just told us that Red Dead Redemption 2, the video game, is also coming in spring 2018. So they're actually both going to be at this uh, around the same time. In fact, I bet Rockstar is is aiming to release R- Red Dead Redemption 2 around the same time purposely. And I'm so excited. Yeah, it's a good time to be a Western genre fan. It really, really is. Especially because I I mostly just want to know, like, you know, why is Bernard in that dune buggy? Can we watch the trailer? Yeah, let's talk about the trailer. So, <laughs> one of the big things people are talking about from this trailer is the <laughs> the shot with Bernard and the tiger. Yeah! What is that tiger, dude? I think we got a tweet about it, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, we got a tweet about, uh, I think it was just, it was Dean being like, okay, well, okay, here's a lot of things. Number one, what's that tiger doing there? 
Yeah, I don't know. Did he escape Samurai World? They don't have tigers in Japan. <laughs> Why is there a tiger? Exactly. It kind of gave a, the feeling of uh, of an East World vibe, which is really, really exciting. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with East World, and I and I hope they just they don't just tease us a little bit. I'm aware that the show is going to be around for a long time, and when you look back on season one and season two, like think about looking back on season one and two of Game of Thrones and how far ago that feels, and how and how insignificant. Like at this point, that all of those events feel also they're obviously the foundation, but like they're so far away. And now these two seasons will hopefully feel like that when they get to like season eight or season nine. But at the same time, you're like, when is what Eastworld going to show up, and why is that tiger there? We get a lot of scenes of humans being mowed down by bots, particularly like you mentioned already, the awesome shot of Evan Rachel Wood just like nailing people with her shotgun while she rides a horse. So my thinking about that is. Season one was the first 35 minutes of the original 1970 Westworld movie, and now we're getting the second 45-minute half with all the robot rebellion and the chaos for season two, basically. Right. When asked how to describe season two as compared to season one, I believe Jonathan Nolan said one word, and that was chaos, like you just mentioned. And, and, and uh, of course, I mean... Daddy just died. Daddy just got shot in the back of the head by his creation, and he told her to do it. While Bernard watched, and then has to hang out with the tiger, and then figure out what's in a dune buggy. So, yeah, a lot of stuff is happening. Also, there was that one uh, cut in the trailer where Ashley Stubbs and... No, not Ashley Stubbs. Uh, Tandy Newton and Lee Pace uh, stand in like the the center room the with all the red around it where the big map is and everyone's dead in there and you're like number one i'm super psyched lee is getting some more time with mave lee and mave together forever perhaps are they the new hound in aria and then you mentioned bernard in the doom buggy with what looks like some soldiers so i'm thinking there's a military invasion of westworld and bernard for whatever reason sides with the humans I mean, he has to keep up the ruse that he is a human, too, you know? No one else knows he's a robot yet. And actually, I look forward to seeing who the first human being outside of Robert Ford who learns that is. Right. Maybe once the human military arrives, he's like, well, I don't really identify as a robot, so I'm just going <laughs> to keep going as a human, and then maybe I can leave the park eventually. During all of this, by the way, in the trailer... Is like a really joyous song. Like, you know, dun, 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 and just Evan Rachel Wood is bouncing up and down and really laying into people with a shotgun. She's not even, she's holding onto the reins with the same hand she has the shotgun in. Like, she's barely holding onto that horse at all. Right, and I gotta think in that moment, is that Dolores or is this Wyatt? And is there a difference? Right, at this point, I think she's just the one i think she's just opened up to to what she's eventually uh, what she has to be eventually to save her people and the end of the trailer comes with the man in black ed harris what i would argue one of the, is one of the more underwhelming characters of season 1 one of the more stunted arcs of season 1 but still one of the most celebrated actors and characters on the show not celebrated by the emmys of course but it's Ed Harris covered in blood and putting his hat back on. 
What uh, what sense did you get from that part at the end of the trailer, James? Well, it's like the you're talking about the tiny hint of a smile. Yeah, I mean, he half smiles again, covered in blood. Like he he has some life in his body, but I mean, it's barely a smile. Like look at his. I'm looking at his face right now. If you're gonna call that a smile, then I've never smiled in my whole life. I don't think. Uh, to me, that was just like, oh, the game is afoot. Like, finally, it's humans versus robots for real, and maybe he's going to be the leader of, like, the human faction. I actually got, like, a Moriarty feeling in that moment. From Sherlock. I don't know if anybody... If you don't know, if if you don't know, Moriarty is the bad guy from Sherlock, and he's he's just rambunctious. That's the feeling I got from Ed Harris in that moment. With, With a black hat, blood on his face, and rambunctious. Yeah, I think he's happy that this is going down. He's happy to actually fight the robots on equal footing. And he doesn't care if he dies, because this is all he's ever wanted. Right, I mean, again, I said he was a lackluster character in season one, which I I do believe. But also, I think one of the best parts of not only the finale, but all of season one is when he gets shot, smiles, and realizes this is what it's all been for. Uh, It's okay that your wife is dead. You got shot, and you feel good about it. So, we're going to do a shot-by-shot breakdown of this whole trailer. I, But it's still, you know, I thought it was cool. I was excited to see it. I didn't expect it because I was thinking fall 2018, and it was a nice little surprise. It really was. But, and I, I want to point out, though, there are some glaring people who are just not in this trailer at all. Yes. And who we haven't talked about for the last four, 35 to 40 minutes, by the way, which I think is also pretty poignant, uh, James Marsden's Teddy Flood. Where? Yeah, Elsie. Elsie. Uh, there, some people were thinking that the girl behind Bernard in the dune buggy was Elsie, but I don't think she has the exact right facial structure. And also, we don't even know if she's dead or not yet. We also have uh, uh, Tallulah Riley came back as a, as, a, as a main person, and so did Louis Hertham. Both of them aren't in the trailer. Yeah, which means that there's probably some hope for the other characters that we haven't seen. Right, like, you know, Clementine Pennyfeather, best name, has to be back, right? She has to be. She has to be. I mean, we were kind of cynical in our roundtable breakdown of season one. We were like, oh, you know, there's contract negotiations going on. And if Elsie decides she wants a little more money than HBO is willing to play, uh, then she died in season one off screen. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, so we didn't see Sylvester. We didn't see Lutz. We didn't see Armistice. We didn't see Hector. We saw Lee Sizemore. We didn't see Lawrence. We didn't see Charlotte Hale. We didn't see... Uh, there are really no more really important ones. We didn't see... Uh, we didn't see Rebus. Very important. <laughs> we didn't see Sideburns Trevor. Exactly. His name is Rebus in, Re- in, the, in the show. <laughs> but honestly, I read Rebus and I was like, what is that other name we call? Sideburns Trevor. We didn't see Teresa Cullen, so no, interesting. No, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, very dead. We didn't see shoulder check guy. Ugh, what a loss. And we saw Luke Hemsworth, which means that, you know, the Hemsworths are finally coming around to taking over the world. Luke is back, baby. Right, which bodes well for Elsie as well, because we think they might be together. Yeah, in cahoots, dude. Cahoots! All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. If you're just listening, that means a lot to us. If you want to go the extra mile, you can add us on Twitter at Westworld Ryan. You can add us on SoundCloud. You can 
leave a nice review for us on the iTunes podcast app or Google Play. And we will be back in the near future doing a shot-by-shot breakdown of the Season 2 Comic-Con trailer, as well as an Episode 3 rewatch and review. And, we're, we're, and we'll be like a third way through the season, James. And we'll be able to talk about the cahoots. Yeah, and, you know, no, no deadlines. Let's, let's be real here. We got a while to go. Yeah, that's true. It still is. It's not fall 2018, but it is spring, and I will remind you that it is still 2017. But it is, it is August. It is the it is the month of August. It's you guys can look forward to the next season, and then the Westworld podcast family is going to have the dankest, most powerful Red Dead Redemption Two clan. Obviously. Oh my gosh, James! So dank. So dank. Never been more right in your life. Me, you, Andy Sachs, Dean Wallman, we're coming, all right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Andy and Dean, dude, they're going to smoke us, dude. Lauren has to be there, too. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I hope these people still listen. <laughs> all right, so join us in the future for our trailer breakdown. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. Cool, dude. Cahoots, dude.